Hey folks, Travis here. This is false. Just me and Mo this week. Me being Travis Laver, Mo being Mohammed Akbar. No Ev Irish. She's uh, very depressed, you see, because um, her favorite baseball team, the Cleveland baseball team, traded Francisco Lindor to the New York Metropolitans. And uh, of all the news that she saw that really made her upset, that was really the thing that kind of pushed her over the edge. So hopefully she'll be back next week. You know, I think Cleveland's still got a decent team. It's just like, why would they trade such a marketable young superstar? Like, it's just, it's got to be tough to be a Cleveland fan. You know, they're just so cheap um, and they just never want to pay for good players. And man, it just, it just must suck. So she's really, she's really struggling is what I'm saying. Um, She'll be back next week. I'm sure she'll be fine. Uh, You can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thisisfalse. You can also follow all of our social media at thisisfalsepod. And you can email us at thisisfalsepodcast at protonmail.com. This was a bit of a, you know... No, it's whatever. It's it, We talked about the things you already know happened in the news in the last week. We're not telling you anything you don't already know. We're just kind of giving our bullshit takes and uh, doing our thing. So, yeah, stay tuned for some big news, possibly later this week, regar- regarding Twitch. We talk about it a bit in the episode. All right, we'll get to it. So, how's things? Oh man, so good, so good. You know, uh, we we made a lot of bad predictions uh, uh, last oh, week. Oh God, that's the quickest <laughs> any episode has ever gone out of date. <laughs> Did you hear Our, about the uh, second li- lockdown or the second? And yeah, order the, um, the 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 rock the lockdown. This time it's for real. Yes, lockdown two. This time it's for real. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> Yeah, I did. It doesn't really change much about my life because I was already kind of doing all that. Um, yeah, I don't think it changes anybody else's life other than because like the, all the people who did have to go are still going to work. Yeah, most. I mean, so like the friend of ours we've referenced a few times, uh, she doesn't have to go to work now as of Thursday. Hey. Um, so there are there were some people that kind of fell through whatever bullshit cracks were in the last lockdown that are now going to be sent home. True. Um, but, you know, it's good times. I mean, like, I, I've said this before, I think, on the podcast and definitely elsewhere, where it's like, on one hand, obviously I want this to stop because this is terrible, and I don't think anyone is doing particularly well right now, uh, except for, you know, the filthy rich. But, like... <laughs> But at the same time, uh, you know, this probably means that Justin Trudeau is going to have to extend the CRB past March, um, which is a massive help to me. So, hey, like, I, don't, I don't know how to feel. It's like and, and you know, he may not because they are liberals and you never really know what they're going to do. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it kind of it kind of looks to me like they're going to have to continue that those benefits well into the summer. Which, One would uh, hope so, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, we always get surprised by the Canadian government, but uh, you would yeah. think based Justin Trudeau would come through, maybe? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, you would think. I mean, it really, it, it all comes down to how many middle class people are struggling, right? Yeah. Because if he thinks he can win an election, uh, then he doesn't, he won't care. Like, if, if, if enough middle class people need the CRB, he'll keep it going. And if they don't, he'll cut it off. It's really, that's as simple as it is, I think, for the liberals. They're going to look at it as a cold math 
calculation based on their chances of getting reelected. I had thought that like Justin Trudeau was going to step down. Those are the rumors that are always swirling, like, like he's going to step down and someone even more brutal and terrible uh, will come in instead, which would Wait, not be gonna fun. Wait, he's going to step down. Why would he do that? Uh, cause he almost lost. And so like, I think like, I think a lot of people, it, the liberals are kind of weird with this, where there's like this, this like jealousy that breeds over power. Cause a lot of them just want power. So like it, you could see it with Kathleen Wynne. It's like people, people were in the wings waiting to get rid of her for a long time, even though out of, out of the Ontario liberal party, she was probably one of the better folks in there mm-hmm. relative to. Really, yeah, the Ontario Liberal Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there yeah, was I there mean, was rumors I, that I don't know, Christia Freeland wanted to jump in or something, which that would have been terrible. Oh yeah, no, the the love for her drives me crazy. Yeah. I don't really. Yes. I mean, it does sort just, of feel like a well, she's a yeah. woman, you know, kind of thing, where like <laughs> it's like yes, but she's also like a brutal, brutal liberal. Like, yeah, just like like I don't care what gender she what gender she ascribes to, <laughs> um, you know she's she's a a shitty politician. Bolivia says hey, because that was yeah, all her. Exactly. Uh, did yeah, I ever tell her... you about her book? No. So what her book called. <laughs> I forget what it's called, but it's the premise of Christia Freeland's book is that we shouldn't worry about the rich people. We should worry about the hyper rich people. I don't know. <laughs> Ask Atikbay. Atikbay's right there. Uh, yeah, so, like, the okay. book would go, like, <laughs> okay, so rich people do contribute, but the hyper-rich people are the ones who hoard all the wealth, and we should focus on that. That was the whole point of her of her, of her, her magnum opus before she became deputy, whatever, prime minister of Canada. Yeah, okay, I have actually seen this book around plutocrats the rise of the new global super rich and the fall of everyone else that's the one so she's like hey middle class and lower like essentially working class people uh don't hate the rich hate the 0.1 percent why would we hate the one percent when you can focus on the 0.1 percent i mean (laughs) yeah class solidarity with the uh, millionaires and not the hundred millionaires i don't know maybe yeah, like, so so April and I were yes. driving around um, the the far east side of work. Windsor, so you try um, and, figure out and and into Lakeshore, that Russell Woods area. Are you familiar with work, Russell Woods? You can try. Oh, Are you familiar okay. with that neighborhood? Somewhere oh, around there, yeah. <laughs> you were you cut it you cut out for a minute. Oh no, I, I didn't say anything. Oh okay. Um, Russell Woods is I think it's technically in Tecumseh. Uh, I'm wrong about that. It's but it's um the richest neighborhood that I've ever seen not in Toronto. Do tell. Um if you're familiar if, if you're familiar with this you already know, but if you if you're not and you're listening to this and you want to know, you want to go get real mad at these uh rich people that are apparently okay, according to Christia Freeland. Um just drive out, take Riverside as far as it'll go and uh hang hang a right at the end of it and then the next um sort of major road i think it's highway two but i forget the name of the street turn left on there there's like a cafe on the corner and just go that way for a while and you'll eventually run into russell woods um there are just so 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 many mansions oh no 
And like, I don't understand where these fucking people get their money. But these are like, these are bigger than McMansions. These aren't McMansions. I, like, I think it's a lot of like, I think the Cocos live out there. I have and, no like, idea who that uh, is, but I didn't like know Jenny, there was like a Jenny Windsor. Coco. I didn't like know Coco there was a Windsor thing. ruling class, but wow. Oh yeah, I know <laughs> there is, and it's like I think it's mostly in construction. Oh, that makes sense. Um, so because we have a lot of companies here that are, you know, kind of big in the construction world, even outside of Windsor. So like there's Amico and and Coco Paving, and like a few others that operate, you know, throughout the country and are some of the biggest in the country. And, like, these are, like, so there's one, when you drive right down Russell Woods Road, there's, like, this one, I'm not shitting you, it's a castle. Oh, jeez. Um, it's an actual castle, it looks like a castle, but, like, a new age, modern, shitty looking castle, you know? With a Maserati in the front Oh, wow. Driveway, you know, like, just, so, I mean, these are the people I'm sure that Christy Freeland wants us to be friends with, but. Well, of course, I mean, you gotta be friends with the people who own the means of production, Travis, that's, like. That's like Marx 101. Yeah. Didn't, isn't that what Lenin said? It's like you uh, you work with the semi-rich and then you overthrow the ultra-rich and then mm. you let the semi-rich take over. That's that's like the whole... That's con- that's yeah. actually communism. Yeah. No, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sort of a perfect liberal thing because what are the stakes for Christia Freeland to talk like that, right? Because who's she pissing off? Like seven people? Yeah, like, nobody. And no, and you know, how many, that's how many people read her book. Like nobody cares, right? Like how many people are like, "Wow, Christy." Well, other than, other than the National Post, who are like, "This is a refreshing take from a liberal." Liberal, like who who read or cared about Christia Freeland's book? Well, I wonder is that book entirely the reason why she has some traction among progressives? I would hope not. What progressive would read that book? Like I will eventually read it so I can add and be the eighth person who's who's upset and, and horrified by this book, but but who would well, want to hey, you can get the it? hardcover for five ninety two on uh, <laughs> Amazon right now, so it's doing well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it won the 2013 Lionel Gelbert Prize. That is some upsell value right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's even 65 used ones from $1.93, so you can, we should oh, get okay. this and review it. Yeah, 100 Okay, if it's that cheap. Like, last time I checked, I don't remember how much it was. But it was not two dollars. But okay, we're we're getting plutocrats coming soon. To this is false. A, a review <laughs> of Christia Freeland's book. Yeah, like I mean, I've I've heard progressives like people that we both know that are very progressive people who like who like her, and I I, I wonder like and you know this isn't to these are these are smart people so like did they just see this the the title of this book and think oh she's she's like a progressive liberal. Wait, so, but we're talking about the same person who was part of the Lima group who tried, are these, because here's the thing, I see a lot of progressives who, who like play into like respectability stuff, where like when yeah. the Bolivian coup happened, people were like, well, look, there's irregularities. I'm not saying I support a, a coup, but there were irregularities <laughs> and we're doing support for coup. No one I know. But, like, there were folks that I, I read about, like, who who posted articles or, like, had commentaries on stuff. And we're like, yeah, there's irregularities, so there sh- should be a coup in a new election. Which is wrongheaded and terrible. But wasn't yeah. Christia Freeland the whole... What What is progressive about Christia Freeland? Yeah, I mean, she's a pretty naked neoliberal. Uh, at least in... And, I, like, I didn't even know she wrote this book. 
Uh, I just saw her as a, like, kind of a right wing, at least fiscally conservative liberal. Yeah, I mean, did she literally defend her her grandfather who had participated in like literal? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about like yeah, sometimes was, I'm he, like her grandfather was like a Nazi or something. Yeah, like Wasn't but like was she, forced into him. working with a Nazi newspaper and publishing propaganda for them. Hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, so progressive, <laughs> hyper hyper progressive. I mean, and like it—that is just the perfect Donald, sort of. Do you want to play with this outside? Like liberal you thing, play though. With this in the living room. You know, like so. I was listening okay, to. Um, stay quiet. There's this guy I follow on on uh, TikTok and other other things. He calls himself the. He anchors the news on TikTok, is what he says. His oh, name is amazing. Marcus DePaulo. Yeah, his name is Marcus DePaulo, and like he's a decent reporter, and you know, kind of an engaging guy, I guess, or whatever. But like, it's it's always re- it's every time like a journalist at that level. Because he used to, he covered Trump for a number of years. He was laid off. He had to move back into his mother's basement. Um, and so then he's like, I'm going to start a TikTok channel. I'm going to anchor the news on TikTok, which is like, My it's plan. a good idea. You know, give him credit. That's, that's, uh, that's, you know, that's Jukum and everybody else's jive. And I get it. But like, whenever he reveals his politics, I'm just like, oh, fuck, you're one of those. You're just, yeah. an, MB- you're just an MSNBC. <laughs> like just a fucking centrist, like rad lib. Uh, he he said the other day because because there was a thing and this is maybe a good transition into um, the thing that happened the very next day after we released our last episode, um, actually the day we released it. But uh, Trump, I guess, was talking to a lawyer and this lawyer was like, I guess the audio got leaked and the, the lawyer she was saying something along the lines of like blaming it on Hugo Chavez, <laughs> blaming something on Hugo Chavez who's been dead for seven years, right? Which is you know high comedy you can't make this shit up but you know marcus de paolo rather than name hugo chavez said a former venezuelan dictator who's been dead for seven years and that line from liberals drives me fucking crazy pants crazy pants like what about hugo chavez made him a dictator someone needs to explain that to me yeah i mean like i i have seen rep like folks make more of a case for his successor but literally no one anywhere should should throw hands at uh at Hugo Chavez for that. Yeah, I mean like he wasn't perfect or anything, but name me a world leader that is, please. If we're, like, Kim Jong Un and gonna... the beautiful ideology of Juch, Juche, <laughs> Juche, uh, worker solidarity and Korean nationalism, along with a family <laughs> dynasty. It's the perfect thing. This is the perfect combination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Hugo Chavez like had his problems. There's no question. And yeah, most of them, most of them had to do with the fact that he just didn't veer left enough, in my opinion. You know, like he, he still made it very possible for the rich to get very rich in Venezuela, and I think that that actually led to his successor's downfall in a lot of ways. But that's kind of know, a problem, right? Like, I think there's a lot of pressure put on socialist or even left wing governments, even if they're social democratic, to achieve and to make things happen in a global capitalist system that are it's simply impossible to achieve right like yeah. what do yeah. you do and also that's just exacerbated by the fact that yeah no no one leader not not even one group of leaders is perfect everybody's going to make errors and sometimes serious errors and that's just a mm-hmm. part of governance in general unfortunately because we are the human race and we are not a perfect people's no. And yeah, I mean, you make a good point about just how 
you know, I think it's impressive that Venezuela has been able to hold on to what they've got for as long as they have, mm-hmm. um, you know, considering there is like not exactly a large global power, um, you know, them and Cuba are sort of the example of like in the face of incredible odds, they've managed to sort of keep some version of socialism alive, which is pretty impressive, but just that the narrative that just gets formed by liberals and it's always liberals because I, I just don't think like conservatives, you expect them to call everything they don't agree with, you know, whatever they need to call it. <laughs> but like, it, what what purpose does it serve liberals to like Christia Freeland or like you know any number? Na- I mean, name anyone who's ideologically liberal. What purpose does it serve for them to like call socialist leaders dictators? You know, I mean, I mean, I know, I know why. I know that like liberals are ultimately opposed to the left more than they're opposed to say a bunch of right wing white supremacists taking over the capital or, or anything, but interesting segue. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it just, it just frustrates me that that narrative, like the fact that, jo- that Marcus DePaulo, who's just, he's just a journalist. He's not even someone with any real power. Um, you know, even he's just sort of buying into this narrative. We're, gonna, oh, we're just going to call him like a dictator. We're not even going to name him and let people make their own sort of choices about who that person was. We're just going to call him a dictator. You know, yep. like, I mean, <laughs> it's a uh, it, well part of. So I recently read this book because in preparation for doing something like I that coup we got to talk about eventually. But like, <laughs> do we? <laughs> I I've got so many thoughts swirling in my head. Just even the idea of like this is so. It's kind of awkward being the the world's foremost superpower, like imperial superpower. And, like, you haven't had a coup in your country after, like, uh, a billion coups that you've done elsewhere. And they're, like, the first time since Canada uh, in 1812 showed up in your capital, you had, like, your your little Confederate militia show up somehow. I mean, that that's that's embarrassing. That's that's some embarrassment right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you were going to make a point before we got into that. Yeah, I okay, like I, I for like sure. I derailed you. Uh, it, no, no, no. <laughs> so eventually I want to do something on this, but like uh, I was reading some books and I read an old textbook that I literally didn't read in the class I took. Sorry, Dr. Brooks. But uh, Dr. Brooks in Stephen 2000... Brooks? Yeah, Stephen Brooks. Uh, yeah. The uh, He's a political science professor at the University of Windsor who just... I don't know if he loves America or if it's just his area of study, but he's written like a thousand books on America. Uh, He's one of the many political science professors that hails from the Fraser Institute, is he not? Is he? Oh, I know. I would have never guessed from being in his classes, though. I just, now that now that I hear this, it makes a little bit of sense. <laughs> yeah, I think he was. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure he was one of the three or four that that transferred over from the Fraser Institute. Okay, good to know. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm still gonna plug his book uh, just because it did give a shout out to Ralph Nader on page 117, but. Uh, uh, so this book, it's called As Others See Us, and it's ta- it talks about, like, how people see America in the world. And obviously, like, it's kind of like, oh, it's not just about, um, yeah, it's not just about, uh, like, what America does, but also just how people learn about America and stuff like that. So I, I guess it makes sense now with the context, what he was saying. But one of the things he wrote about was how September 11th was, like, a defining moment in a shift for 
not just America, but Americans. And like, like if there's ever, if there's ever has been another defining moment that jerks Americans out of their like, like cognitive isolations is what he calls it. Where like America's Americans are just like ignorant of everything. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like having a literal coup in your own capital. Like you had a bunch of people waving the Confederate flag showing up at your capital and sure. Like 30% of your population regardless supports that. But like for the other 70%, this should be at least some of somewhat of a wake up call. And like, it should have an impact on how politics happens in America going forward. It might, it probably won't, but it should. Yeah. See, I'm still like, we're a week out basically, um, from that happening. And every single thought and opinion that I have about what what happened that day, I've contradicted in my head about six times, and I'm not sure how or what to think of it anymore. Because I I sort of oscillate between it being like like it's it's obviously like an unprecedented historic event. I, I don't mean to minimize because that because it really call, was, but so I need you to stay quiet. Like, just how much of a impact. It has, or I, I mean, so, you know, a lot of people call it, you know, they've been calling it sort of a coup d'etat and like a siege and an attempted overthrow of the government. And like, while I do think that there were elements of that that are important to note, for instance, that Donald Trump apparently was trying to get the military to orchestrate a coup or orchestrate an overthrow. Um, but there was no real indication that in the halls of power in the United States that there was actually anything that was going to happen. In fact, it kind of sounds like quite the opposite. It kind of sounds like Trump got sat down by some pretty high up military people. and was like, listen, motherfucker, you might need to stop what you're doing, or there's going to be some consequences for you that you're not going to like. Um, but I mean, like this feels to me like, uh, it was a rally. I thought it was most, I thought it was because he was going to get banned from Twitter. Isn't isn't that why he did something? <laughs> well, I think like I think because he came up with that like mealy mouthed, uh, like we love you, you're beautiful, go in peace kind of thing, and then and then he came out later with a more with a stronger worded one, and I feel like somewhere between those two videos, um, someone sat him down. I, that's the rumor anyway that someone. Someone pretty high up in the Pentagon sat him down, and, and and who knows what was said in that meeting. I would love to know, but I don't think we ever will. But somebody kind of scared him into saying what he said later. Um, and that makes sense, you know, because his tone did really change. Um, and I think, like, yeah... I, but, like, outside of whatever Trump was trying to do, I don't think there was any real serious thought that you know, the Pentagon was just going to, like, deny Joe Biden the presidency. They obviously want him in power. No, There's no part of American, the, the real seat of American power that doesn't want Joe Biden as president. He fits perfectly in with, you know, the American project as it is. Of course. But, like, but these, like, crazy, dumb, petit bourgeois <laughs> boat dealership owning fucking, you know... <laughs> Trumpites, which, which I mean, I don't want to don't want to make a generalization because there's obviously like I think it cuts a cl- cuts across class lines, and I think anyone trying to do a serious class analysis, which I've tried to do in the last week myself, uh, I don't I think they're missing the point maybe, um, but like this this feels to me like it was a rally that got out of hand, and like 
when they went to the fences and were like, we want to go in there, the police were like, yeah, sure, because most of the police were obviously on their side, and a lot of the other police who were off-duty were in the fucking crowd. Um, it just it felt like a rally that expanded a bit. Because when they got... It's not like when they got in there, they had a fucking plan. They were just like, hey, we're... We're in here. Let's shit on the walls and steal some podiums. Like, the, like if the left had done something like that, you would think that there would have been a whole lot more organization to it and an actual plan to do something. No, no, it's okay. No, no. Uh, not that I'm saying no, no, the left no, would okay. even do something like that, but I don't know. I just I don't know what to do with it. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. And it's like okay, so like I'm sure there were folks who didn't have. Uh, like, I'm sure there is a class analysis you can make of Trump supporters in general, but, like, who had the... And I'm sure some people did, but, like, for the most part, these people took a week off to just hang out in the Capitol and cause a ruckus. Like, who... And, yeah. and were had to travel there. Like, who has the cash or the resources to do that? It's mostly petite bourgeois. Like, you're not going to see a lot of working class people, I think, traveling state lines <laughs> to no. attend a rally in the Capitol. Uh, to, I mean, to there, fail there were people, there were people in the in the sort of rank and file, like not necessarily people who were in the Capitol. Who, like I, I forget his name. There's one journalist who was actually trying to talk to sort of people outside to see how they were, like to get an idea of who they were as people. And like a lot of them were saying things like, "Well, you know, my son has cancer, and I have medical debt that's you know going through the roof, and and you know the uh, uh, the the." the Democrats have the cure for cancer and, uh, and they just don't want to give it to us. And so Trump is going to kill them and give us the cure for cancer. And it's like, what? man, you got about a quarter of the way there. And then he just went off in a completely different fucking yeah, direction. Was, I was like so close to for having sympathy for this guy. And then, uh, what a, what a, what a shift. I mean, that's just sad to me. That's just like, I don't even, it's just that that's just, I think that speaks to the broken nature of, you know politics in the united states in a lot of ways but how would the logical but, conclusion I mean, not be uh my son has cancer and trump took away the closest thing to health care that i might have had uh which right. i no longer have because of trump how is that not your logical conclusion there right they're a step and a half away from being leftists and <laughs> joining a, mo a movement for medicare for all you know what i mean like and i'm not saying that they're actually going to do that because i don't think that people who are that far gone can be brought back necessarily but um, but I think most, like most people who we're finding out, cause a lot of people are getting arrested now, like, yep. like via Getty. Um, <laughs> uh, like, you know, and it's fine. Oh, it's like, well, my, his kids went to private school and like, um, you know, like guy owned a boat dealership and like, you know, <laughs> shit like that. It's like, it is like the, literally the petit bourgeois, which makes sense because if you look at sort of fascistic leaning, uh, people in you know even in yeah, it's a trope to go back to nazi germany but but that it that was hitler was put in power by the petit bourgeois right like and this is and this is sort of the same kind of thing in a lot of ways uh at least it feels that way it's these sort of like immiserated small business owners that think that you know they deserve actual power and so you know i don't know i have no idea what to do with it I guess the other thing that I will say that people don't realize is there was still a burgeoning, like, uh, Confederate movement, and there still is in America, right? Like, uh, it, like there, there was an active presence of, like, Confederate types, and that's a broad Confederate types, like, generally right-wing, all, all, mm -hmm. all on that side, who support that kind of, um, 
like that kind of uh those kinds of politics and and part of this is that in it the america is a country of contradictions and that like even even just their weird politics has like two facets and and more but two facets of of weirdness in their neoliberal and right-wing approaches and that like when when the civil war happened like those those contradictions never were never solved you still had confederates they were never like there was no crackdown on the confederates as part of this whole like we're still a union kind of thing and so like that politics has continued and is always looking for ways to kind of seep into the ether and and get closer to power uh always Mm -hmm. like uh that was something that i saw actually uh our boy hassan piker uh put up uh he, he was doing some commentary on something and he noted that like this is the first time that that coup for all of its failures, which were many because it was embarrassing and I don't even understand why you would think that's a good idea. But either way, uh, <laughs> they did fly the Confederate flag in the Capitol for the first time uh, ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is America. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just done by the like... <laughs> Like I mean, see, I, I get, I get all that, and I think that there's truth to that. But then it's like, but these are just largely like QAnon fucking people that, like, literally think that Democrats are snacking on fetuses uh, to get adrenochrome and and like our lizard people, and that Trump is going to kill them all in a great uprising in a storm. And like that, like that is literally what these people believe. So it's like they literally on believe hand, Trump is the Messiah. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's like, I, I just don't know what to do with that. That sort of mindset, that sort of like broken brainness, <laughs> doesn't like. I don't know how to. I don't know how you fight that. I don't know how you, because it's one. It's one thing to sort of try to get that guy whose son had cancer and be like, hey man, you know, you know, what the actual fucking problem is, is that. You can't afford healthcare, and that's bullshit. If you lived in almost any other country in the world, you would be able to. Um, you know, that guy is, I think, maybe different, but like the raccoon man or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> the QAnon shaman, the Q shaman, you know, like, I, you can't, like, what do you do with that guy? How do you, like, how do you make sense of, of, of him and where he came from and, and how people like him think and what can be done to sort of stem that tide? Like, it's kind of funny. I, I wanted have... to make a fake. Uh, I wanted to make an account on Parlor that was fake, where I could like. I had this idea as like it, obviously a joke, but I was like, what if we like counter conspiracyed, where it's like actually, dot like like just flip it and just bring them into progressive politics through this like awkward conspiracy theory that makes no sense, where it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I like I haven't thought this through, but it's like, like. Alex Jones is a secret alien and the aliens have taken over the Republican party and, and the Republican party through the bidding of these aliens is engaging in mind control. And then that mind control is used to prevent people from having uh, programs that would de deprogram their mind control. Cause we're actually in the matrix. And then if you have like Medicare for all and you have like high taxes on the rich, then the alien power starts dissipating and like these are like little levers that you have to pull because it's not really medicare for all (laughs) it's just a way to get rid of the aliens so we got to make it happen because that'll stop the aliens like make it into a video game or something i don't know 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because like when you hear like the QAnon shaman guy at one point, I forget what the fuck he said. Now there was like one interview that he did, or someone dug up something he had said somewhere where he was like, he's like, well, you know, uh, the Democrats are you know a corrupt group of of people who cater exclusively to a class of people, and like, I mean, he's not wrong know, on they, that, and point. they and they need to be removed from power, and it's like. How is it that the QAnon shaman has a better analysis of what's actually happening in the United States right now than, like, any given liberal? You know, like, like it's just... Because, you know, obviously where it goes from there is just completely insane. And, and, and based, it should be said, in, like, some really fucked up, like, hate, white supremacy, etc. But, like... But there's still that kernel of it that's like, well, how has he figured that much out? And, like, you know... Marcus DePaolo or Nancy Pelosi haven't figured that out. Like, you know what I mean? Not even Nancy Pelosi because she's part of it. But, you know, I mean, pick your journalist or pick your pick your well-known sort of liberal commentator, right? Like, how have they not figured out what QAnon shaman guy did? A guy wearing a fucking bison hat. <laughs> like, you know, Amber, Amber Ailey Frost on, on Chapo called it uh, the trade show of American dysfunction. And I, and I can't I can't stop thinking about that. That really is what we saw. We saw like a convention or like a trade show of just everything that has gone so completely that maybe has always been there, but is definitely like showing up now about American dysfunction. Yeah, like uh, Trump really took the mask off like his. And so this is the interesting thing. A lot of left wing people were rooting for Trump in the worst way. Uh, in 2016, but we're also like the the rationale was like, oh, uh, if Trump wins, then the American like quote unquote American Empire will will uh, will be severely more damaged, whereas Hillary Clinton will run it efficiently and continue to mm-hmm. dominate the universe or the world. Um, so, I mean, I just thought that was like a joke or like a hot take, but. That's kind of what happened. Like, he did so much damage. And of course, as expected, everybody shunned him as soon as he lost power. Because they were always going to. Like, I Mm -hmm. I also don't understand how people thought that, A, Trump was going to, like... I I thought he was going to win two terms. Like, I thought that the American grouping that supported him was big enough for that. Uh, But I didn't think he would ever survive after he was done. Like, I figured he would... People would crack down his, like empire would collapse his like like money or his empire built on debt would collapse all that i thought he his whole thing would would flop and that like people would come after his kids too because he he roped them so far into uh yeah but yeah i mean it it went really bad like uh, and and that's the other thing i saw i saw a lot of people realize like that day how far how far he led them because we had talked to earlier that like a lot of trump supporters um they they recognized that they had invested so much in this idea of trump changing things and like all that uh that they they had to continue but once he won they thought okay like we're we can win and then they lost and they're they were so shook up by it and then and then he condemned them and it was yeah. <laughs> It's just the the realizations that people suddenly had these like far right wing people who destroyed their lives for their far right cause and how it blew blew up in their faces. Yeah. 
and I mean, it's just, and then you look at, you know, like, I mean, the Republicans is sort of abandoning him when, when there are literally no stakes is, is, uh, like really not surprising. They were always just using him to get to, to have, to, you know, because Republicans I think are generally smarter than Democrats. Uh, yes. and, and in, in that they have a long game, right? Like, they they don't really care about losing any given election because they have a larger project they're working on, whereas Democrats are just like, you know, fucking like somebody took a, a scooper to their brain and they just don't seem to understand <laughs> that that's how you fucking do shit. Um, and, you know, so it's not surprising at all that that the Republicans were like, oh, yeah, no, this has gone too far. We need to uh, distance ourselves finally. Um, and they were they were never going to do that a moment before it made sense for them to do so. But, Absolutely. But I think that, like, what continues to surprise me is just how quickly the liberal establishment works to rehabilitate these Republicans. Like, when Pence came out, oh. uh, finally, against Trump, and suddenly he's the fucking hero of the, the radical center. Like, I just... Like, are these... These people really are diseased fucking morons. I Like, I think, I think any given... This is... This is... I'm taking... This is a hot take right here. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready for the I burn. I think any... I want to feel any the burn. given fucking Democrat liberal, like deep in the ideology rad radlib, is more diseased and and frankly dumber than any given QAnon person. <laughs> That's a scalding hot take. I just burned yeah. myself on that take. Like they, because it, it's just so fucking stupid. Like these people, I mean, I mean, that's the thing, right? They're all working for the same goals, and at the end of the day. You know, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, who, you know, came out being like, oh, Mike Pence is a great guardian of democracy and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, because they're all on the same fucking side at the end of the day. That I understand because these are the people who benefit directly from from doing these mental gymnastics. But it's but it's the sort of everyday rad lib like centrist that's out on the street that, you know, you know, wanted to see Bernie Sanders rotten hell. And like those people who are now coming out and being like, Mike Pence is just a wonderful man and see look he finally stood up and it's like mike pence is a fucking fascist he's a fucking homophobic white supremacist fascist how the fuck are you going to try and rehabilitate him now and how dumb do you have to be but but joe but but he's going to joe biden's inauguration he's oh, coming God to the inauguration it. it's such a big deal yeah no i i think so one thing is also that like so the Democrats for a long time have kind of been the default party for like the center and left. And I think, uh, I think they take advantage of it. So their kind of strategy is, is based on like, we just need to maintain our grip on power. Whereas the Republicans, uh, they have an actual agenda. So I think that changes things. Yeah. So I think the, I think the Republicans always have to have a, a strategy because they actually have an agenda. Whereas the Democrats just want to stay in power. Like, Certainly, there's like a progressive wing of the Democrats and a, and a a a right wing of the Democrats. The same as with the, I don't know what a progressive wing for the Republicans is. I don't really, yeah, I don't know about that. But um, maybe it's like a populist wing. But like that's well, where like the their John biases McCain, come right? From. It's it's the it's the John McCain and the Mitt Romney. It's the ones that like all right occasionally will pretend they're liberals. I forgot that counts yeah. as progressive <laughs> for the Republicans, right? <laughs> <laughs> But there's that, and yes. then it's like I think people get caught up more. They 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 want to pay attention more to the drama and the politics, or not the politics, the um, the theater of it. People are really invested in the theater rather than the actual 
decision making, which is right, a very unfortunate thing. For them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, even, because even AOC, you know, like, she came out and was saying, was congratulating Mike Pence. And I know that some of that is optics. When I'm done, but, like, can. this is why no done, one likes you. you. Thank Not you. speaking to you, but, like, and or even to AOC. But this is why no one gets behind Democrats. Because even the ones that we're supposed to believe are different end up, even if it's just optics, they end up still doing the same shit. You know, and no one wants to take a stand. Like, what what would AOC lose politically if she had come out and said, you know, Mike Pence is still an asshole. And he's actually a big, big fucking reason why this happened in the first place. You know, like... Absolutely but, no. But, like, what, what, are the, what are the stakes for her if she comes out and says that? Like, to me, that, that kind of radical honesty is, is the only thing that made, you know, someone like Bernie Sanders even know. palatable to a lot of people. Like, just, I don't get... I don't know what the I mean, password I is. I mean, the, the same as the liberals in Canada, password. right? They, they ultimately do the exact same thing. They do this thing where, like, the conservatives, of course, yeah, um, but, I mean, knows it. I don't know flirt with white thing. supremacists and do the whole, like, well, yeah, we condemn white supremacy, yeah, wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge, dog whistle, dog whistle. But the liberals do the exact same thing as the Democrats, right? Where they try to, like, suggest that, well, we have to appeal to these sort of rules in our institutions of which the conservatives are a part of and a strong conservative party makes us better and whatever else. And it's just like, these are actual white supremacists. Like, you can take a stand against that. Okay. It's true. So, like, um, yeah, I, I mean, America is just such a mess. It's It's hard to... It's hard to imagine any world where, like, the liberals actually do stuff that is good, that helps people, without having to be forced to by, by the progressives. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I don't even know why that's even an option. Why, why, why? You know, like, it just, it seems to me that, that flirting with this, this party that has no interest in actually doing anything, um... Yeah, I mean, I know know there's no, there's just no other way around it, right? Is the problem. Yeah, and it's like uh, people, one of the things is that people don't want to commit to this idea of like having to, uh, you know, like having to uh, break ways with how things go. Like the idea of like in America, the real thing is having like an actual multi party democracy. But that's such a huge undertaking that people just think, okay, like we don't have a lot of time. We have to focus on the on the Democrats because there's no options. And if people were doing both, like if people were trying to do this like entryism or whatever in the Democratic Party and also working to support one of the third parties that exists, because there's a couple that are that are good. Like at least I think the Green Party there is cool. That's my bias. But like, uh, why not do all of this instead of just like, okay. Yes, AOC is there. We talked about this before. AOC is always going to have limitations by being in the halls of power. That's right. just a reality. So we have to focus on like empowering and getting a couple greens in there too, and like eventually fixing America and like changing their system and, because you can't just operate in the same broken them, system. Yeah, and like recognizing them as tools and not as like a cult of personality that we should all fall in love with. You but know, I like mean, I mean. I guess I guess where where I, where I stumble is like, and this is hard in the U.S. in a two-party system. I get that, but like, no one wants to talk and take seriously the idea of just withholding your vote, right? 
so one of the reasons that the you know the the radical fringe of the Republicans, like what you know, whether it was the Tea Party previous to this, now they seem perfectly fucking normal compared to what's happening now. But like, you know, things like the Tea Party or now what you're seeing with this like QAnon Trumpite thing, they will withhold their vote if there if there's Republicans that like they don't like that they don't think are doing enough for their cause, they just straight up won't fucking vote for them. And they'll be like, yeah, have fun losing to the Democrat. Whereas it seems like the left just doesn't fucking want to do that. You know, where it's like, not even, I'm not blaming the left. I mean, I think it's liberals sort of gaslighting the left. But, but if you don't, like the Democrats know that no matter what, you're going to go and vote for them because you're so goddamn scared of Trump or the Tea Party or the next fucking lunatic that comes out of that party that you'll just go and vote for whomever is blue. Right. Whereas and, and that just encourages them to continue to do nothing, because what are the stakes? They know they have got this entire they know they have got the majority of the country just by the, the fact that the majority of the country aren't rabid white supremacists. So, like, if you can't withhold your vote, if you can't say, yeah, I'll vote for the I'll vote for Joe Biden if he fucking actually promises to do something. And if not, then he can go fuck himself and lose to Trump again. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like. But why can't, why, I say we, like we have any say over it, but why can't progressives actually do that? Because then they might, not that I say that, not that I'm going to say that they, they would go that far to the left, but it might at least expose them for the fucking hacks that they are. I mean, that's kind of the debate right now because Joe Biden won Georgia, mainly because of Stacey Abrams, who is a black woman who organized in Georgia for a very long time, uh, who's getting some shout outs, but not nearly enough shout outs. But another part of it is that um, Joe Biden promised $2,000 stimulus checks to Americans. And as we said before, he he also said he's going to do a bunch of things on day one that he walked back. But that promise is like the first litmus test. Because from my end, if, if, if I was involved in politics in America, I would think like, okay, like with that coup, like you now have to like that impact on, on Americans makes every progressive policy so more understandable. It makes it clear who your allies are, who actually cares about like the people of America and don't just want their own way and, and, and are, are, are whiny babies. But, uh, so like the first test will be the $2,000 stimulus checks, but I, I'm, I like at this point, now that you've won the Senate, there is no reason for you to not be able to do Medicare for all. And that was another thing that a lot of people were talking about is that now there are no excuses. Like there's always going to be hand wringing. And even now there are excuses being made, um, but there are no more excuses. So the Democrats are in a position where if they don't follow through on the progressive policies, at the very least, these $2,000 stimulus checks that already several Democrat, like at least one major Democrat vote that they need to get it passed uh, has said that he wasn't into it. Um, like mm -hmm. they're going to yeah, demoralize well, Manchin, a whole right? new generation. The ma the majority whip, uh, Joe Manchin has said that he's not yeah in favor of them. Yeah. So like the impact of th this is going to be their impact. It's like they can follow through, if, and if they do, they're going to draw more people in because there's two ways to attract people to like a, a, a like a centrist party. There's the people who are so frustrated with the other side that they go with the side that's gonna that they think is gonna win, even when other more progressive folks might win uh or they they get attracted to that party doing things so like even though trudeau didn't wasn't going to pass his stimulus and had to be basically forced into it 
uh, a lot of people, his approval rating went up because of how he was quote unquote handling COVID. Even though, again, yeah. it was not his intention to do any of that. No. <laughs> Jagmeet Singh did that for him. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, like, I expect the same thing in America where, like, uh, you would expect them to do things now. But if they don't, they're going to get a huge blowback. And you're going to see the same thing that happened when Bernie Sanders lost uh, was or was, 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 like, prevented from being the nominee. Uh, or when Obama won and didn't follow through as much as people thought he would on his promises, people started abandoning him and the party. And like mm-hmm. the Democrats always do this to themselves, uh, which also gives them an excuse for for not fo- like doing progressive policies and enacting progressive policies. And it's like the progressives in the Democratic Party can do stuff, and they should. Um, but like they they're already they're thrust this carrot in front of their face. Of like, this is what you're going to get if you just fall in line. If you just work with us, we're going to make every... Look at all these fascists. We can't, we can't work against the fascists. You're going to enable the fascists. And it always just follows the same cyclical pattern. Right. And what's what's hilarious, though, is that like even the things they're asking for, like Medicare for all, I mean, obviously that's a, a big undertaking in the United States, but something that most of the fucking world outside of the United States figured out like at least 50 years ago. Yep. And then like... And, you know, like, you know, that's a that's a... I think that's the other thing is that that these these sort of where the left is in the U.S. at least where they're what they're demanding politically, is 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 like you know centrist liberal in every other country right like, that's kind of where they're at like Medicare for all is something that you know, the whole world has basically because that's a liberal policy it's actually one of the things that allows capitalism to reentrench and keep going you have to have a healthy working class in order to make that work right so like, you know even even those things just end up thrusting your thrusting yourself into these contradictions like a 2000 a one time $2000 stimulus check like really like in the I'm richest about most the liberals powerful here in Canada country but I'm, get, I'm getting that every month what's that in the richest most powerful country in the world right and like i'm getting $2000 a month well 1800 cuz they insist on taking taxes off the top for some reason i haven't figured out but uh i'm getting you know i'm getting ostensibly $2000 a month right now every single fucking month for at least a year you know and 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 they're like the $2000 one time check isn't even going to really change anything for most people who need it you no. know it might it might like allow them to get some food but that's about it. That two thousand dollars go real quick. Hundred percent. That goes on most people's credit cards. You know, like <laughs> that might mean they're not like three months behind on their rent. Maybe just two months. You know. Well, most of the U.S. has an eviction ban, unlike Canada, <laughs> where evictions are just happening left, right, and center. Oh. Um, yeah. So speaking of that, there is actually an eviction ban in Ontario again as of as of Thursday. Amazing. Because we are entering lockdown two. Electric Boogaloo. Hey, this is good to know. Maybe I shouldn't have given a... <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have terminated my lease. Oh, if I had only known yeah. <laughs> that we would have I been... I mean, you're a... still going to owe it on the other side, which yeah. is the problem, right? Oh, I like, know. Yeah. An eviction ban is fucking useless unless you couple it with rent forgiveness, which... <laughs> We're never getting. Oh, but, uh, Travis, how how could we how could we put a, 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 a such 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 draconian policies on our poor landlords? Yeah, uh, you, you, the landlords would suffer so much. Yeah, I bet, bet they would. It's a real hard time out there to be uh, 
leeching off of people <laughs> and, you know, with your passive income while you sit at home. Yeah, but they wouldn't um, have as much passive income, Travis. Didn't you watch the, uh, the, the South Park episode on this? They'd lose the house they don't live in. How, how terrible for them. <laughs> the how, house that's they probably how, paid how, off. <laughs> that they... How will they? How will they add to their investment portfolio? It's just it, I just don't know how these people can live like that. Tesla stocks are expensive. Tesla stocks <laughs> are very very expensive. They need a house oh for collateral God. so that they can bet on the stock market, Travis. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the big news in in Ontario uh, today. Earlier today, we're recording Tuesday night, but earlier today, uh, Doug Ford, Duggar, old Duggar, announced uh, that. Um, what did he announce? Anything in particular? Like, this is the thing I can't figure <sighs> out. Like, like uh, now he's serious about lockdown. Now, now, now you're gonna, we're gonna find you if we see you out or something. I like, well, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, this is the thing. It's like, I thought that was already the case. I thought we were already finding people, but all I can tell from the announcement is it also, I think the biggest change is that it includes a stay at home order. So it's back like when we started where it's like, you literally cannot leave your house except for uh, food and medical appointments. Nothing else. So no more and and exercise. Oh really? And oh, Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, which is important, right? Like, I mean, listen. If if I had to stay in this fucking apartment, I would go insane, and I will only do it if I'm like sick. <laughs> you know, like like I I want to be able to go out for walks. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I thought you mentioned like okay. <laughs> yeah. Like. Things, things like that, like, um, yeah, because that's that's the sort of big thing. But it just, first of all, why didn't he do this at the beginning of December, when it was clear the second wave had not only arrived but was taking hold? And then why? Well, he had to let his MPs, his MPPs, get all their vacations in. And yeah. and then you know now that every now that the winter break is over, he spent his time at the cottage. He had a nice outing with the family. Now now it now everybody can get screwed. Yeah, and I mean the thing is that there were still a lot of people who were at work who didn't need to be who yes. like as as we said who who like you know are now going to be forced to go to stay home, which is good. Uh, it's also going to keep the schools in lockdown for longer. And but like. But, like, if we didn't blunder all this stuff in the first place. Right. It just, I'm just, I'm at a loss right now. Like, I'm I'm so depressed about it all the time that I just, I can't even really form against it just like the fucking coup. I can't form coherent thoughts around this because I can't compute what's happening. Like, in in Windsor, we have now lost, I I have the numbers up here now. We lost 16 more people today. 16 more people. Jesus died today in windsor essex county and um now but roughly we're tomorrow as of tomorrow morning it will be announced that the the case numbers the total case number is going to go up over ten thousand, which means roughly one in every 39 uh people in windsor essex county have contracted covid19 which is fucking insane we have a higher per capita case rate than michigan right now um and we are uh, and that's in Ontario, I should say. And then, so now we are at. Like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find the number of deaths. I don't know why that's not on the in the first goddamn line of the story, but um, it's not. 
God damn it. Uh, health unit probably. Oh, 226. Oh, 226 yeah. total people have died. That number hit 100 on December 22nd. Think about that for a second. Wow. 126 people have died in like 20 days. Remember how we flattened the curve in like, what was it, September, October? Remember? Remember that whole thing? Remember how everybody was like, oh, we won the curve, and now everything's going to be better. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, like, even the way that all, every politician was framing it is like, oh, we're reopening Canada, and it's the Canada Recovery Benefit, because this is behind back. us now, and it's just like... <sighs> Listen, I could have continued to spend the extra five bucks to order a $2 Tim Hortons. We didn't need... <laughs> I'm joking, but, like, God, like... Like uh, like two hundred and twenty-six people, Mo. Huh, that's a hundred, a hundred and twenty-six in twenty days, just in Windsor and Essex County. That that is depressing. That is like super like I depressing. Can't, I can't put those numbers into the proper context, and I think that's why I'm struggling with like, with even what can we do? Because it's it's just at this point, it's too late. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's too late. We already fucked up. We're already fucked. We're already we're now in the category of you remember when the world was making fun of the United States for how they were handling this back in April and May? Yeah. We're worse now. We're worse than we're not worse than the US total, but we're worse than the US was in May. And like nobody really cares. <laughs> it seems. Yeah. And I think like, like I, how do you vocalize this, right? Like, so many people must be just so frustrated and just, like, not speaking up. Like, uh, like there's a couple things that were happening in Ottawa. Like, there was a, a rent relief group that turned into a rent strike group that now has turned into, like, just supporting people with rent issues. But, like, just recently, there was somebody who uh, whose partner had to go to work in, uh, in like, a a support role and and contracted covid and was uh like i believe passed away but was like very ill at the time uh and because of that they couldn't afford rent and like people were trying to evict them and i think they were successful like i got a youtube ad for chartwell saying like come live here we're is literally the caption was like safe but you're not you're not alone you're safe or something and it's like Chartwells, what are you doing? You you yeah. like these are the these are the long-term care homes some of which who have significantly contributed to to the deaths of many many Canadians in the last many months. How are you advertising on YouTube to people? What, especially... Well, they got room now. <laughs> They've got lots of beds available. <laughs> and that's kind of the gotta thing. Got to fill them. Ugh, like we talked about this I I it's just like everything we talked about is now coming through where it's like how can you even let a company like Chartwells, who clearly does not have anything together in terms of safety, advertise? And what they're doing is they're sending, like, the way YouTube algorithms work, like, a lot of ads people don't realize. Like, you might get a weird ad every once in a while that's like, why is this coming to me? It's usually because they're trying to aim it at kids or older folks who might just, like, believe yeah. the ad. It's mess. Yeah, and I mean, you probably got it because you searched... For Chartwell, or you were searching around Berkshire Care Homes last week on your computer while we were recording or something, and that probably got... Because I also saw some... I didn't see any of those, but I did see Chartwell ads, but it was just, just the logo for Chartwell. It didn't say any of that shit. Oh, Travis, but, like, these are the worst ads. So uh, it's funny that we talked about Unifor last 
last episode, but like, uh, so Unifor did a campaign against Hartwells where they mocked this very ad where it's like this old uh, elderly woman and she's like, hey, like my name's, I think it's like Mary or Mariam or something. It's like, hi, I'm Anne Mariam or whatever. And oh, like uh, Chartwells is so great and look at how great it is. And I just get to be, live in dignity and this and that. And then they, then Unifor did their own video where it was like, hi, I'm like, Marianne and or Anne Marie and uh, actually it's terrible and the workers aren't treated well and all this stuff and all the things that are actually wrong with Chartwells. How are you still using that ad now in the middle of a pandemic that you significantly contribute to the deaths of? Yeah, I really just I think that you know all these things that we're talking about and it, this feels like a pretty dour episode. We need we need to have a round to like I can bring up the KFC us, console again. Chipper. <laughs> but like I feel like all these things and just like everything right the whole reason this, that we're doing this podcast and, and why we're even bothering to you know get up off our couches is because like all these things are connected to this late stage capitalism thing you may have heard of it but like it just at what point do uh, does mainstream society start taking what the left says seriously like at what point because it's like for all the fucking chiding that I got from people that I know back in, in June and July when I was like, yo, we're fucking this up hard. We're really fucking this up, and it's going to be really bad come wintertime. And I was told I was crazy. I was told I was a conspiracy theorist. I was told that I was, like, chicken little what? and whatever else. And it's like, well, now it's come true, and, and where where are those fucking people now that were, you know, calling me out for, like, like you know... I'm not going to name names. I have, I have a habit of doing that in this podcast. I'd like to stop <laughs> doing it. But there, like, there are people in this city who own businesses who I know or who are musicians who I know or just people who have a decent amount of power in this city who I know who, were, who would literally message me and be like, hey, man, like, chill out. Everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. We're going we're gonna to be back to normal really soon. And we kind of already are because back in July and August, we could sort of squint and fool ourselves that we were. But, like, at what point do do even even just as leftists at what point do we start taking ourselves seriously and just start saying fuck it we're we, we're the adults in the room we are the fucking people who understand what's going on and we're going to be infantilized by liberals and by conservatives but we're actually the only fucking people who seem to have a a a, 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 a criticism that actually makes sense that actually puts all of this into a cohesive narrative that makes sense yeah I mean, I think a big thing is that, well, first of all, we should be doing that from day one. That's kind of what I admire about the various, like, even if they're not united, the many various progressive and left-wing groups take themselves very seriously. <laughs> and I see <Yeah>. why. <laughs> because if you don't, you just get run over, right? So it's like, even if I disagree with some progressive groups on various things, uh, I'm not going to come out against them unless they do something really messed up, of course. But, like, I'm not going to yeah. come out against them because I have, like, a policy or a, a politics, political strategy disagreement. Because they're out there being serious and trying to do something. And whatever their strategy is, I, I do hope it works. But, like, uh, like I, the, the main thing is that, like, people don't realize that, like, many liberals and conservatives and all these people on the on the spectrum don't actually care about people they care about the nation and they care about the state and they care about like the country as a whole and like it's okay to talk about things in those terms but at the end of the day you got to care about the people 
Like that is what matters. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't matter that Canada might go into debt trying to support people. Like it it doesn't matter that like uh, I don't I don't know like oh like city infrastructure it has it has problems. The main thing that matters is like making sure that people are okay and surviving and thriving. Everything else will yeah. figure itself out. Yeah, and as you said in the last episode, I think it was you that said that like we don't have the luxury of time anymore. Yeah. Um, like we're, and and this is, you know, I mean, the pandemic is, you know, the result of climate change, just like, you know, everything else. Again, it it all ties into one distinct narrative about capitalism, about the system we have. But even like, so, you know, this whole thing about how in 2020, um, the earth was rotation was speeding up. Have you heard this? No. This thing? Yeah. So the earth's rotation, the earth's rotation, um, is speeding up. Um, and way more rapidly than we ever thought was previously possible. Like there were a couple and it, and it, it, it always varies, right? Apparently it always varies. I didn't know this, but apparently, you know, every day is slightly different. Every, every rotation of the earth is a little bit different and it can be off by, you know, half a second here, half a second there, that kind of thing. But there were days in 2020 that set records that, you know, we didn't think we we're going to be broken. <laughs> oh, there was one day in particular that was like a whole 1.4 seconds faster, which seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to me. And, yeah. Um, I mean, so no one really knows why, but there's this speculation now. And this, this, um, this is, I was reading about it today. There's this speculation that what's actually happening is so like, we know that from other sort of geological events that we can measure that, you know, I mean, for instance, when you're spinning around in a chair, Right. If you want to go faster, what do you do? You like pull your arms and legs in, right? Yeah. And then you and you'll start spinning faster. So this is kind of what they think is happening and basically what they're saying is because there's been so much glacier meltwater that has displaced itself from the poles into the oceans as a whole that that's causing a similar sort of effect. The earth is pulling in its limbs and is spinning a little faster. Oh god. And 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 that <laughs> I just, so like the world is going to crunch in on itself. Is that what you're saying? I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know that that's what's going to happen. But Ugh. I mean, the fact that that can be a thing that our days might be shorter because of climate change, uh, even if just by a second or two, I imagine that's going to have <sighs> com- this comically hilarious effects on the rest of the earth. The point. The point I'm making is that like we are long out of time. We we don't have time for this fucking bullshit liberal incrementalism anymore. We don't even really have time for social democracy and sort of nice capitalism, right? Like we're beyond the point where that with where even those ideas can be taken seriously at all. You know, like we have to be completely revamping how we live. And if we don't make the decision to do it, it's going to be made for us. And these same people who, these same scientists who talk about, who, who are accurately predicting what's going to happen during COVID are the same group of people who are active, who are currently predicting what's going to happen in the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And it ain't good. And if they're half as accurate as they have been with COVID on that shit, we're fucked. <laughs> yup. So uh, I, I'm sure I brought this up before, but I'm going to bring it up again because... This just speaks to where centrism leads us and also uh, where we're going and how much time we have. So I think it was the Department of Transportation in America released this report 
about climate change or uh, so one of those uh, departments i don't remember which one um but they were they were talking about like the impact of like cars and transportation on on climate change and we're basically like okay like at this point if we continue to use cars as much as we do uh, and and release the same level of emissions then by like i think it's like 2070 or 2080 uh the world's going to be uninhabitable which it true maybe sooner uh whenever that date was or- uninhabitable is 10 steps beyond hellish uh fighting over resources terrible immiserated conditions yeah no this know, is like... the world is burning the world is burning and yeah. we're all dead or living some in some tiny underground space where we mutate into something that can adapt in that space uh yeah <laughs> and we'll all be like i mean you know we'll be dead just by the probably by the nature of that being really far away but um you know that but like I've seen some things saying that you know by 2030 we're, there's going to be major world wars over water. Yeah, but here's that that's the thing about that happen. paper about 2080 <laughs> that's really shocking. They didn't advocate to slow anything down. They said, you know what, the world's going to end and we're all going to be dead, so let's just live it up. Is essentially what they said at that point. They basically were like, hey, we can't stop it. Might as well just accept it and. And party it up. <laughs> that was the right. official government position. <laughs> that and that's some eco fascist shit, right? Like that's some like like Naomi Klein said, um in one of in one of her books, one of her many books, uh, you know, the only thing scarier than a crazy right wing um, you know like you know, capitalist uh dictatorship, the only thing scarier than, than one of those who doesn't believe in climate change is one of those who does. Right, because what's going to end up happening in the face of that is one, and, and I think you're seeing that. I think I think now most conservatives, even even the far right, I think they have a pretty good idea that, that climate change is in fact real, and what they're going to do is then you know turn that into a well, we have to protect what's ours, and so you know now it's now we're just straight up fascists. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean this is <laughs> this is what happened. This it's already happening with we see like countries closing their borders to climate refugees and things like that like this is this is the start of of eco-fascism in a lot of ways and i think that we're going to see so much more of that in the coming years and i think like sooner than we're all expecting (laughs) what you don't believe in the human spirit travis you don't believe that human ingenuity will will save us all i really do i really do but uh that's the thing i I do because i i actually think that you know, while we're we are definitely going to see elements of that, I do think that the, the general response to that will be some sort of working class, uh, you know, coalition that fights that. I do really, I still believe, I believe that's probably the only way it's ever going to get fought. But I still believe that that's probably what's going to happen when shit really starts to hit the fan. What I'm worried about is like how much shit has to hit the fan before that happens. Oh God, I really hope it happens. I really hope we get someone who or some group or or some massive some sort of collaboration between people to try and fix everything it's uh it's a very slow frustrating process yeah and we're out of time yeah both in the podcast <laughs> and on the planet <laughs> yes <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Oh, this feels like a depressing episode. We need we Ev is like Ev is our light. Ev yes. is our light that makes us 
makes us funnier. Absolutely. We're just but, two uh, dour dudes being sad. We're just a bunch <laughs> of sad boys. Wait for our EP coming out soon, Sad Boys, uh, on Spotify <laughs> and wherever music is found. Hey, you can already listen to any music that I've put out. <laughs> you're, you're the sad boy shit. Uh, sad sack folk music is my jam. <laughs> we need um, some chicken tendies to get this uh, this mood going. <laughs> chicken tendies for the revolution. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how much of it I want to say on here because I don't know when exactly this is going to happen. Um, but just a couple of housekeeping measures before we um, sign off. Uh, we've, we're going to start a Twitch stream eventually, um, probably with a cord. There is a YouTube channel already, but, uh, there's a couple episodes that I put up there, but it's such a giant pain in the ass to, to organize that. And I probably won't do it anymore because it fucking (laughs) added hours onto every week. Um, but a corresponding YouTube channel that will like have, um, you know, cut up versions, shorter versions of our, uh, of our live streams, but we do want to start live streaming. Um, hopefully on like a weekly ish basis where we just kind of get on the camera and shoot the shit. It could be just, it, it, it'll be, I think it'll be more than just the three of us. Um, I want to like, you know, bring on other people and like friends of ours or just listeners if they want to come on and just have it be more informal. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be yet. Do you know what it's going to be? I think at least we'll, pl- we'll play a game, game of Among Us. We'll do some of those. I know Among Us is losing popularity, but we'll at least stream one of those. Is it already? Yeah, yeah. It started. The viewers have started going down, according to TikTok, at least. Uh, but oh, we should throw that. That's an easy one. So we should throw that one up there. Maybe we'll yeah. play some video yeah, we'll... games. Maybe we'll talk. Maybe we'll watch some Let's Plays of Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> like not actually play Echo the Dolphin, but watch other people play Echo the Dolphin yeah 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 maybe we'll like you know do event commentary like during elections shit like that i could see us doing yeah. that kind of stuff that'd be fun um the point is we're trying to we're trying to grow this thing and I, and I feel like you know if you just stick with the podcast like you're you know especially when we're we are kind of windsor focused and and we've tried to move outside of just talking about windsor a little bit but um you know there's a ceiling to to what we can do with this particular platform so we're we're looking to do some other cool things so if you have ideas out there of what you'd like to see on a twitch stream because we're all old we don't know what the fuck we're doing send us youtube videos Um, to review while eating food that's another popular category (laughs) jesus christ what have i got myself into (laughs) (laughs) travis you got to be careful you don't know what they do to twitch streamers out there I I used to be with it. <laughs> now I don't know and what. Then they it... changed what it was. <laughs> It'll happen to It'll you. It'll happen to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> damn you, Grandpa Simpson! You were right. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that episode where um, Grandpa Simpson uh, talks about how he enlisted and he's a baby? Did you see that <laughs> <Yeah>. one? <laughs> I think so. Mr. Army Man, do you want to see this picture I drew? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We should do that. We should review episodes of The Simpsons on Twitch. I would be down to do that. Oh, that's amazing. The the Grimes episode. That's, that's, we got to do the Grimes episode. We have to do a whole thing on that. I recently watched a best of that episode because, like, I can't be bothered to figure out how to actually watch it. Uh, But (laughs) that scene that still gets me is... (laughs) <laughs> when he has Homer enter 
the children's nuclear plant contest and then he wins and he just like loses it on people <laughs> yeah oh man did yeah, you we gotta do that kind of stuff travis did you know about the follow-up episode with frank grimes son i feel like i had that's in my memory somewhere but that i think that was after i like checked out yeah of the simpsons yeah it's not great I feel like that was after i checked out <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, I, I was, like, really, really into it until about season eight or nine, and then I was still into it, but couldn't watch it as regularly, so I'm not as well-versed on the nine through 13-ish seasons, yeah. and then after that, I just completely fell off. Whenever the Lady Gaga thing happened is when I essentially tuned out. I didn't even know there was a Lady Gaga thing, so there you go. Although I did see one episode after that where the cheerleaders unionized, and that was a really not another... Another really strong working class episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because that's the, that's the yeah. thing I want to review about some Simpsons episodes. Because like I was saying, like the class politics of that show are not always so great. And I think it's a lot largely because of who makes the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's that. And, and also, uh, I just wanted to to give an update to our patrons. Uh, there, aren't, there aren't very many of you, but we, we appreciate you nonetheless. And uh, we, we've made somewhat of a breakthrough on merch, but here's the problem. Patreon sucks. Um, so we, we're we getting T-shirts made by Patreon, um, the, the Possum logo T-shirts on just a black T-shirt. They're very nice, but the problem is they won't let us give it to anyone under the $20 tier because they cost $17 a piece, and they don't want to do it for less than that. So we're going to figure something out for the people in the $10 and $15 tier who we promised t-shirts we're, we're still going to try to make some like handmade hand screen t-shirts for you um and if we can get the patreon t-shirts eventually for ourselves we'll just give them to you because we're talking like two or three people we're not talking a lot of people so stay tuned for that uh if you are in the 20 dollar tier which i know there are two or three of you um you're going to be getting along with the rest of your package eventually you're going to be getting um patreon made um uh, this is false possum logo t-shirts and they're cool as fuck yes our logo is beautiful (laughs) it's so beautiful check it out it's so great uh i was gonna say buy the shirt but since you're getting it subscribe for the shirt yeah subscribe for the shirt you have to pay for three months of a subscription then they send it send it out automatically i would like i would love to just make some of them that get those t-shirts made and then we could just sell them to whoever wants them but the problem with that is that we don't have any money so which would also be solved if you subscribe for three months huh huh <laughs> yeah here, here you go <laughs> and that's the thing like i mean the people who are in the 10 and 15 dollar tier like each t-shirt costs us 17 dollars it says what we have to pay patreon but you know if people in the 10 dollar tier are on for three or four months they've already paid 40 bucks like they should still get the t-shirt but whatever they won't let us do it so that's the way that is but we're still gonna make some cool ones ev is is literally making a screen like she's actually wow. making one to do cool shit with. Like I say, it's gonna take a little while, um, but we will eventually, you know, get things out to you. The lockdown. Who the fuck knows when that'll be? But you know, at some point. Eventually. That's all. Yes. That's all the housekeeping I had. Woo! T-shirts. I've got some great <laughs> ideas for T-shirts, folks. I can't tell you what they are right now because I'm still designing them. I'm very behind, but there are gonna be some <laughs> fun T-shirts on the way i got some really great ideas for t-shirts if we can ever like if we can ever get some short run 
uh, stuff done. We're going to do some cool shit. Like, there's the You're Smarter Than Your City Councilor t-shirt, which looks cool as hell as well. But we, I just that one was going to be a little more complicated, complicated to do with the Patreon thing. So I just opted for the Possum logo. But, uh, you know. It's coming, though, folks. This, merch. This, this is, podcast is going to turn into a merch fest soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got we to gotta sell ourselves. You know, <laughs> it's all, it's nothing other than that's basically all we do these days. What happened yeah. to the politics, man? <laughs> what happened to us? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, Jesus, we're losing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, bye. bye.